They'll never stop the next cast. Stay tuned for an unforgettable episode as we talk about fans of The Simpsons. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Phanthropological. I'm Nick G, and thank you for downloading, listening to, and or watching, if you're watching on Twitch, uh, this episode of Phanthropological. Today, we are going to be talking about uh, one of the most gargantuan properties in our lifetime, The Simpsons. And here with me to discuss The Simpsons are my two best friends, Nick T. Hey, hey, it's Ghost of the Clown! Or it's it's me, Nick Nick T. Hi. And Nick Z. I heartily endorse this event or product. <laughs> you guys both had crusty quotes <laughs> <laughs> prepared. If if it's any help, plan B was I'm seeing double for Nick's Man. <laughs> Krusty goes. Oh no, that's not that's not Krusty. No, it's just a Krusty related no. situation. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes. Definitely. You may have noticed that this week we have no special guest, and there is a reason for that. Of course, The Simpsons is a gargantuan topic, and uh, there are many people more qualified than us to talk about it. But hmm? we've had a decision as it relates to the show as how we kind of want to proceed, and doing an episode with just the three of us is part of that. So as as she has mentioned, you're going to be seeing a lot more of the three of us if you're watching it on Twitch. If you're not, you're going to be hearing a lot more of the three mm-hmm. of us. And part of that is because every week we do whatever research we can on top of everything else that we do in our day-to-day lives. And that sometimes means that we don't always get the most interesting, most exciting, or even just the deepest level of understanding of the research that we do. So we're hoping that breaking things up into these sort of preliminary episodes where we do some initial research on the fandom and follow-up episodes with guests later talking about a specific aspect of the fandom. Uh, We're hoping that by doing that, we can give you a more informative, more interesting podcast to listen to or watch. (laughs) Another thing, too, is is that we were kind of looking. We were like flying through fandoms, some of them pretty big. Well, an episode of like one episode per fandom. So this allows us to spend uh, a little more time on each one and actually follow up with stuff. I mean, I know many times we've, (laughs) we've been like, Oh man, I got to do this. I got to read this. I got to watch this. I got to look at this. So when we do, when we have that second episode coming, we can actually kind of present that and show a little bit of interaction with it from, uh, from us. It's like a famous last words, but on a grander scale. That's right. Famous or last yeah. words. Um, but today, we're not talking about the next cast. We're not talking about famous last words, at least not yet. We are talking about The Simpsons. And as this is a preliminary episode, there's nothing more appropriate than me telling everybody a little bit about The Simpsons. I'm going to get started with some fandom facts. And uh, as you, if you didn't know about The Simpsons, which 
As I did the research, I found it seems incredibly unlikely that you have not. The Simpsons is a long-running animated television show spanning 27 seasons. It's actually more than that, because this was as of December 2016. Uh, Over as many years, it revolves around the lives of the supposedly average American middle-class household, Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie. Over the years, the Simpsons cast grew from the original five family members into over 100 unique characters, along with numerous cameos. It was created by Matt Groening. The Simpsons debuted as a series of shorts on the Tracy Ullman show in 1987, and since then has become a worldwide cultural phenomenon spanning hundreds of episodes, many comics, video games, and so much more. It is the longest running television show in history and airs in over 180 countries. The series is a satirical depiction of working-class life epitomized by the Simpsons family, which consists of people that are mentioned, set in the fictional town of Springfield, and parodies American culture and society, television, and the human condition. That is a gross understatement of what, like, <laughs> more than 30 years of television is all about. Sorry, almost 30 years of television. 30 years? <laughs> 30 years of television. It was the 30th anniversary recently, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just it huh. just got renewed for a thirtieth season, I believe. Oh, that was in 2016. It got renewed for the thirtieth season. Yeah, thirty the thirtieth yep. se- season is now airing. Yes. Well, you know what they say: they'll never stop the Simpsons. That's right, mm-hmm. and they said that twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, oof, they were. They were. <laughs> well, well, Bart <laughs> still needs to own a bear. Mo hasn't got a cell phone yet, as far as I know. There's still room. There's the, maybe a crazy wedding. Mo gets a cell phone was considered a viable plot plot line at the time <laughs> that that episode aired. Maybe Mo loses his cell phone. Oh, that sounds like a two-parter mm. to me. It's interesting doing doing this because I feel like us three in particular, but also many people of our generation, their language is just peppered with Simpsons references constantly. <laughs> I was surprised how much of my life is full of Simpsons references until I made a Simpsons quote. I don't remember which particular one and somebody didn't get it. And I was very confused, but echoing that thought, there was a vice article that I read from somebody who had also not seen the Simpsons Mm -hmm. and uh, I'll, it's a short little story as soon as Mm -hmm. I can pull it up here. Uh, So someone was saying one person showed me a picture of a, of the kid with blue hair and red glasses asking, do you know who this is? Of course, I responded, pulling up the meme of him throwing a frisbee to no one, running after it, and throwing it back. <laughs> do you know his name? My coworker followed up. Nope. <laughs> Whoa. Like, that is how iconic The Simpsons is. You have... Not iconic. Um, how much of a cultural impact it's had that you yeah. can know of things in The Simpsons but not know that it is the Simpsons or who that is. The ironic part is that while our, our, our culture and generation is studded with Simpsons references, some of them to the point where they're not jokes anymore. They're just things people say, i.e. dollars to donuts. But, um, the Simpsons itself, I think is responsible for introducing to so many people who watched it, two pieces of pop culture, that went before it that it like I, I think it has done an, an unprecedented job for example 
at work today, I got a vinyl copy of of the soundtrack to Paint Your Wagon, which we all know <laughs> because of the Simpsons. Gonna paint a wagon. <laughs> well, I didn't know that was a thing until you just told me now. So, yes, that's, <laughs> boy, boy. that's demonstrably true. Demonstrably? Demonstrably. <laughs> the Simpsons never said it, so who knows? Simpsons did it. My uh, K-Bray. <laughs> Perfectly cromulent pronunciation. Oof. Oh, boy. I also looked up search data for The Simpsons because, as always, the question is, is this getting more popular, less popular, whatever? It'd be great if someone just said this or that or the other, but it never does, so we use Google Trends data. Unfortunately, for a show that's been running since 1987, there's about as much data in Google Trends as there is outside of Google Trends. <laughs> mm. That being said, search interest in the show has been on a slow decline since approximately May of 2010, which is much later than I would have thought. Oh, wow. Uh, there was there was actually like a bowl of interest from 2004 to 2010, where interest declines and then picks back up again sometime after the Simpsons movie is released. And then in 2010, it, it just keeps going down again. Hmm. Uh, Simpsons movie was released in July 2007, which I've never seen it. But I think is novel in the sense that it was probably one of the first, uh, like commercially released cartoon movies. I don't mean a movie that is a cartoon. I mean movies based off of like yeah. a a television show. Yeah, cartoon. yeah. Uh, like there are lots of made-for-TV movies and specials and things like that. But I don't know that it's very common. I mean, the only thing like like there are anime ones. Like there are lots of Pokemon movies, for example. <laughs> oh, ab- but that absolutely. would be. This is a, a different kettle of fish, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only other thing that thing like that in my mind would be the South Park movie. That's true. That was, yeah, that was like in the nineties too, as well, wasn't 99, it? Ninety nine, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the fact that the Simpsons movie was eleven years ago is, is a little hard for me to handle. <laughs> I feel like surprising. I just saw it. <laughs> <laughs> And I only saw it once. I saw it in theaters, I think, and then and then that was yep. it. Same. On the other hand, Same. it paved the way for many of the other television-related movies. I'm going to say, go on record, probably incorrectly, saying that it paved the way for many of the cartoon movies that we see today, like SpongeBob. Ah, yes. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, surprising That's to me, I looked up the top ten countries for The Simpsons. Yeah. Ooh, I want to. I'm. I just want to make a make a prediction. <laughs> Okay, I mean, go I mean for it's, it. not, it's not exactly a bold one, just based on on empirical evidence I've gathered that the UK is in there. In the okay. top 10. All right, I'm going to throw a prediction in as well. Bolivia. All right. Uh, Z, you're on team close to the rightest this week. <laughs> uh, also, ideas for a podcast, the rightest. Uh, thank you later. <laughs> I'll accept uh, royalty checks in the mail. The top 10 countries are as follows. Argentina, Lithuania, Czechnia, Chechnya? Chechnya, Bolivia, Chile, Uruguay, Paraguay, Ecuador, Colombia, and Slovakia. None of the countries that I would have expected. Mostly South America (laughs) and a little bit of Eastern Europe. Yeah. I did not do any additional research into why that might be, but that would be a great thing to follow up on later. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. For reference, Canada is 27th. Whoa. And the United States is 42nd. 
Was the UK on that list at all? I mean, yeah, it was before <laughs> Canada, I think. Okay, man, that's not where I expected that to go. Yeah, I found out about the Bolivia uh, connection uh, from a, an, an interview with a longtime writer for the show, Mike Reese, in which he uh, just sort of <clears throat> shrugs his shoulders and says, "Yeah, for some reason, it's really big in South America." <laughs> Even though it's not like localized or anything, I mean, it's. I guess it's probably translated, but jokes written about American pop culture, parroting basically American life. You don't really expect that to land outside of America, outside of like North America. <laughs> Somehow it does. The way they've translated it might be like genius, though. It could be. Like maybe, maybe it'll be the new thing. I feel like there was a there was a period on television where. Um, a character would inevitably make a joke that they were watching insert a uh, different country's version of the office. Ah. And maybe the, the South American Spanish or Portuguese uh, translation of the Simpsons is, is un, unbridled genius. Could be, could be, you know, that in Japan, it's not, not a very big deal, but I guess that's because they've got like uh what is it? Crayon Shinchan as they're like, all for the oh, whole family. Yeah, that's a good parody, funny that's a good show. Choice. Yeah, yeah. Is it the, is it the same? Um, like, uh, I want to say maturity as The Simpsons. Mm. I'd say it's maybe a little closer to Family Guy. Like, not the style yeah. of humor, but a little closer to Family Guy. Like it is. It is uh, like say PG rather than G. Oh no! It's oh. still G. I would say. Yeah. Okay. I, sorry, I meant maturity in in the sense of like, I'm an adult versus like, der her her butts. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like The Simpsons is like a, a an adult cartoon is what I mean. Yeah. Gonna come back to gonna come back to that one. Yes. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I, I remember being in England and seeing Simpsons stuff. But it was interesting to see how it was branded versus how it's branded over here in North America. And at the time, this oh, this is probably peak Simpsons when when I remember this. This is probably in the nineties, late nineties or something like that, maybe two thousand. The most popular phrase that I could see based on just how much it was on stuff, cards and figures and stuff like that was "Oh, cruel fate, why do you mock me?" Maybe that says something about the British sensibility, but that, that <laughs> seemed to be the most popular phrase from the show. So, so were there were there T-shirts of Bart like talking in a little speech bubble, coming out saying "Oh, cruel fate, why do you mock me?" It's Homer, Homer that says. Oh, it. Uh, oh but they were like, oh, I remember there. Be, I remember specifically there being like birthday cards with Homer on the front, and that that printed on it. <laughs> Makes me think that, like, what other parts of the show are emphasized in different parts of the world? Again, in South America, for example. Yeah, um, I mean, we'll we'll never know. I mean, not today. We won't know. At least no. today, we won't know. Uh, something for the future, though. Okay, I was gonna say, speaking about the past and not the future, mm-hmm. I found some demographics from 1990. <laughs> so this would be the- season four, Eric. Uh, I think less than that because 
the Tracy Ullman short started in 1987. Oh, that, that was Tracy Ullman short, sorry. Yeah. So maybe second yeah, so, season. I think maybe it started in 89. Yes, December yes. 89. Okay, cool. Uh, so from this article from the LA Times, talking about The Simpsons being up against The Cosby Show. Yeah, that was huge. So here's, here's the data that we got. 56% of kids, 2 to 11... And more than 50% of youngsters, 12 to 17, tuned in to The Simpsons. What's more, 50% of men, 18 to 34, and 42% of men, 18 to 49, also watched Bart Simpson and his animated family. <laughs> the figures for women fans of The Simpsons were slightly lower, but still impressive. 41% of females, 18 to 34, and 36% of those, 18 to 49, watched the show's fall premiere. Among folks 50 and older, there was almost no Simpsons audience, 8% of men and 6% of women, which is probably very different today. It's probably a lot more <laughs> skewed in that direction. But what do I know? I didn't get that data. I couldn't find it. So I found that interesting because, you know, The, the Simpsons is, I've, I've read some article somewhere, I don't remember the source specifically, talking about how The Simpsons has always been a show for adults. Yes. Not, mm-hmm. not adult-oriented in the sense that it's dealing with adult material, but it's for adults and you're talking about this and that is a large percentage of young people a large percentage of children watching this adult show i remember uh my parents not letting me watch it for a while (laughs) um when i was young until i was like 12 or something i remember trying to sneak it (laughs) watch it and then change the channel when they came in the room (laughs) let's see I was born in, uh, and then <laughs> I was at least 10 was when I was watching it. Cause I remember it being on at five o'clock every day on CBC and me and my brother yeah. watching it, but also me and for the most part, my family watching it every Sunday at seven or eight o'clock or whenever it was on whenever the new one, the new episodes. Yeah. 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 I was probably started to watch it somewhere, somewhere in the mid nineties, but like I couldn't. The only the only thing I really remember from watching it, usually on the CBC or Sunday night, was that I had this uncanny ability to predict which episode it would be in the rerun. <laughs> at a certain point of watching it, because it's probably inescapable on TV at this point. Certainly, when I watched television. Um, it was, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing a rerun of the Simpsons. I'd tried to see how quickly I could guess which episode it was. And the other thing I was, what was interesting, um, becoming aware of other people who are fans of it because I watched it. It was on a lot and I enjoyed it, but I never thought I'm a Simpsons fan. I'm a Simpsons guy. That's like my thing. And, you know, I've met people who that is their thing. First of all, I was like, oh, I didn't think that could be your thing. Because it's just everyone's thing. Like the Beatles. I consider the Beatles to be the same way. But um, is I had no idea what any episode was called. And I still don't really have a great idea. Because they, no they all have names. But none of them ever, yeah. ever. Yeah, there's no title card. So everyone, who, everyone who's watched them on DVD will know what all the names of the episodes are. Mm-hmm. But watching it on TV, I never did. Especially when it came to those uh, those Simpsons trivia nights. Ah, oh, that would not be good. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Friends where you can just guess it's the one where blank. There was one that did that did have the title on screen. Episode 8, 
Bart gets hit by a car. I'm going to get us to the end of Fan Facts. I have a little bit more about fan demographics. I did not find any more demographics than that. There are definitely some out there, but didn't have the time to find it. The show, despite having run for 30 years, uh, still rates fairly positively, even compared against contemporaries like The Big Bang Theory and Family Guy. It's still viewed as like 56 or something percent positive of the different sitcoms that I saw uh, from Statista, which is a statistic website. Uh, it was the top who had the most popular, most positive opinions compared to the other sitcoms and a relatively low negative opinion. Um, I found out that even though there have been less viewers, less awards and less top 10 episodes uh, and has had less representation of women and people of color and all that still doing pretty well as a show. Um, and even though that's not demographic data, you know, I did, I did find some other fun tidbits of, of data. Uh, I looked at fanfic, but it was actually a surprisingly short list. So I was just like, you know what? We'll skip it this week. There's lots of fanfic out there. There's like at least 300 works on archive of our own. There's probably many others that have been scattered across the internet before it was centralized Mm -hmm. into places like that. I wonder if the no homers club has any. (laughs) They're allowed to have one. It's like some sort of forum or something. Simpsons website of some kind. Or at least it was back in the day, anyway. I want to say its per- pop- its popularity perpetuates itself at this point. Yeah, uh, like people want to tune tune to The Simpsons because it's The Simpsons, not because it's funnier mm. or tells a better story. Or like I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm not claiming that it doesn't do these things, but I think okay. it's like like because one of the one of the powers of television is familiarity. You get to know these characters and people know the Simpsons characters very well by this point. And, you know, that cast of like a hundred tertiary characters. <laughs> um, I think people tune in to for that. And maybe if there's the occasional celebrity also. I feel like they, they pretty much have access to anyone they want now. If they're like, hey, you want to be on the Simpsons? One of the articles I was reading was was something to that effect where in yesteryear they might have like paid to get Johnny Carson or uh, some other celebrity like Arnold Schwarzenegger or something like that. Now they can, they have literally anybody like it, it, it was, there was a point in history where, you know, you, you wanted to get those iconic people, Michael Jackson, Danny DeVito. And it's not that that isn't the case today, but it's a lot less of a big deal. Just, Partly because of the longevity of the show, and also because of how the media landscape has changed. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure anyone anyone will do it now. The earliest one I can remember is maybe Dustin Hoffman. The fact that he used a pseudonym in the credits, though, I mean, like, they're I'm I'm sure they're paying people to be on The Simpsons now. It's but it's not so much that people are doing it for the money; they're doing it because it's The Simpsons. Yeah. But even back then, like, I remember hearing. And anything that I don't reference specific articles for or whatever, uh, listeners, uh, I'm going to direct you over to the Talking Simpsons podcast. It's probably something <laughs> I heard from that. But I remember hearing that one of the reasons for, or the reason uh, why Dustin Half, oh, Dustin Halfman, yeah. Dustin Hoffman uh, didn't have his name in the credits. He used a, a pseudonym was because he didn't want to, I think he was coming off of like either being 
nominated for or winning an Emmy or an Oscar, something big like that. Um, and he didn't want to, you know, appear on this cartoon show and lose all of his cred. Oh, wow. But he still wanted to be on The Simpsons because it's The Simpsons. It's like this cutting edge, totally awesome, under well, not necessarily underground, but like counterculture show. All right, I'm going to blow your minds because it was definitely not the first. G mentioned an interesting thing, which I think is is at the kernel of many things related to the popularity of The Simpsons. You had mentioned that The Simpsons at this point is popular for the sake of being popular almost. And there are lots of there are obviously lots of reasons why people love The Simpsons, you know, the familiarity, you know, something that they grew up with, there's an element of nostalgia. I think if we're talking about the why, if we're talking about why people are interested in The Simpsons, I think a lot of it has to do with the 90s. Why? And I don't just mean that in a, like, yeah, of course it was there. It was in the 90s for like 10 years. I mean, like, that <laughs> is the crux of everything. That is the kernel that forms everything about The Simpsons. That... That that ties the the shit posting, to the to the love of the show. It ties f- the the reverse vampires <laughs> to the the saucer people. It's the saucer <laughs> people. Yeah, it, it ties it all together. I'm not even being facetious. I think that is that is it. That's why it's on the TV today. That's why it's still popular today. That's the everything of it today. Well, it never. So it never like took a break. It's always been on since '89. I think. I think, as you said, it's very identified as a '90s thing and a '90s show, and that's when its heyday or golden era or whatever you want to call it was. Pretty much, yeah. '89 to 2000, probably. Yeah. Huh. One to eleven is the most common range I've heard people list as <laughs> as their preferred Simpsons era. And that is the one that uh, is used for the um, Simpsons trivia that I went to in Toronto. So I believe <laughs> I believe that that one is even a satellite from one probably in New York. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, for some reference points, mm-hmm. season eleven approximately is where Maud Flanders dies. Uh, oh, okay. I've seen. Um, I've seen that pointed to. A bunch of times as uh, where it jumped the shark. Z, you were talking about a different moment uh, before we started. Yes. Yep. Uh, season nine, episode two, the prince. The episode called "The Principal and the Popper," in which uh, it was explained that Principal Skinner was not Principal Skinner, but instead Armin Tanzarian, somebody who had just served in Vietnam under a commanding officer, Seymour Skinner who everybody thought was blowed up. But, as it turned out, was not. So that corresponds to the average ratings. There's a On Wikipedia, you can see a, a graphic, which comes from another source, that says the decline of The Simpsons. And generally, up until that point, the ratings, the average rating is at or above 8. Uh, I believe this comes from like Metacritic data or something similar. And then it kind of goes down after that doesn't say why it just says that it goes down so yeah i could see season nine also being another point people are like oh this this is the golden years of the simpsons mm-hmm. 
But uh, all of that is firmly entrenched within the 90s. It's firmly entrenched in the 90s. But what I find interesting about those two points is that um, they both have a lot to do with character and sort of what people might have come to expect. Like with the principal and the pauper, you've got this episode that says, at least at the time, people interpreted it this way. And I think well, a lot of people still do, do even though I would I'd kind of disagree a little bit. Um, because it takes this Seymour Skinner guy and says, hey, that's not Seymour Skinner. This this other character you're just meeting now is really Seymour Skinner. At the time, a lot of like a lot of the well, a lot of the stuff that I've that I've heard, um, one of the YouTube video documentaries about the the uh, the day the Simpsons died, um, talks about how it just came across to a lot of the fans as being very disrespectful of this character that they had really come to identify. Well, maybe not identify with, but certainly like because. Over the course of those nine seasons, you see uh, Seymour Skinner, you know, fall in love and have his own, like, triumphs and tribulations, um, whether it's uh, having his heart broken by uh, Selma or Patty, uh, one Selma. of my sisters. Selma. Selma, thank you. Oh, boy. Good thing this is not a Simpsons trivia night. <clears throat> or uh, falling in love with Edna. Or um, trying to to keep Bart in line over and over and over again, you know. There's there's this sort of character that's built up, even though it's not at The Simpsons is not at all a sequential, uh, very very long story. It's a sitcom, but week after week, people were exposed to the character of Skinner, also the character to a much lesser extent of Maud. Um, and then in season nine, you get this upset where this is really just this other character who might not even be on the, oh, might not even be in the show anymore. There's, he's just like this other character and season 11, um, for various sort of real world reasons, um, you, you have this side character who is kind of a foil to Marge, maybe sort of here and there, hmm. um, leaving the show entirely. But because those two points have so much to do with character, I feel like that's one of the reasons why people kept coming back. Like, the show never never stopped being about characters. Like, there's <laughs> episodes to this day that get in more in-depth, arguably changing and altering past histories, potentially. But it's still very much driven by characters in different ways. Yeah, I think... I think the the big thing, though, and this is maybe more so about Skinner in season nine. Um, a lot of the fans reacted to it the way they did by saying, you know, oh, this is the end. This, this, at least looking back in retrospect, this is where it starts to go wrong. Um, is because that that single episode upset, even though it everything goes back to normal at the end, was kind of a big middle finger from the writers saying. All this stuff you care about, whatever, we can just, to <laughs> mix my cultural metaphors here for a second, we can just upend the tea table at, at any time. Nothing matters. It's The Simpsons. It's pretty, it's pretty, um, like blatantly flaunting the, the episodic everything goes back to normal by the end of the episode kind of thing, especially the principal and the popper. What was the episode Tal Tales in the Key of Springfield? Sorry, I'm thinking of the one where at the end of it, the monkey is saying that no one, nothing, none of this makes any sense. 
Like yeah. people arguing, oh, this is the writers being kind of flippant and saying that we can do whatever we want. And the show is like nihilistic in the sense that nothing matters. If the show had already done that previously, I don't see any reason why people should care when the show continues to do that. And, and, I, and to some people, I don't think it matters uh, at all. I mean, that sensibility, if you cut and paste that kind of, um, you know, writing out of The Simpsons and make it its own show, it's Family Guy. Yeah, like, like the, you know, you know, Meg being the prime example on Family Guy where that's that's what they go in for. So it's I'd like like it's not across the board. I mean, people are obviously still watching The Simpsons just quickly because this is kind of uh, related. Someone has made a chart. Fan has made a chart about the decline of The Simpsons with which is like a note, an annotated version of the ratings over time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's got this. Yep. Well, and that. When Z had mentioned a little earlier, he was like, oh, I'm glad I'm not at a trivia night. I'm like, yeah, because clearly in season 15, Bart gets a bear. <laughs> and in season 22, Mo gets a cell phone. So. Oh, no. Yeah, those are both. <laughs> oh, boy. Those are both included. Yeah. <laughs> um, Selma Mary's grandpa, which I think is the picture that they had in the crazy wedding. Yep. Oh, season 19. Anyway, you were. These were true. You were taking us somewhere, G. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we, we kind of got that, you know, Principal Skinner's imposter, Mont Flanders dies. You see the ratings go down and down. Um, it points out 11th November 2001, the definitive moment when the show went from bad Simpsons to bad television. Ooh. And I looked, and that episode is the parent rap, which. Parent rap. Is where. Homer gets sentenced to be handcuffed to Bart. Okay. Uh, I might have seen this one. Yeah, um, and he has the night terrors, and he's in class with Bart and Judge Judy. Or uh, no, it's, Judy, it's Jane. Uh, it's Jane Kaczmarek from. Uh, yes. Not going in the middle at the time. Not in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I find it interesting that 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 they didn't include the name of the episode on the chart. But maybe it maybe it's so famous in Simpsons fandom that uh, that doesn't even need to be said. I I don't think it works like that because I I'd read okay things about a long running fandom. You're obviously going to get people who are very attached or not interested or whatever, and you're going to get strong opinions. I found other strong opinions. I found many strong opinions about why the Simpsons has gone downhill or more importantly when the simpsons has gone downhill mm-hmm. for example someone decided to do a different analysis of the fan data Ooh. and they determined that the scientific point where the show got bad was <laughs> season 14 episode 21 bart mangled banner uh z you'd mentioned season 9 episode 2 which i don't remember what that was you mentioned it earlier in this episode. The principal. And oh, the principal. Yeah. Like, clearly, I <laughs> like, does it really matter? Like, two of those are backed by data. One of those is backed by emotions. But a lot of people have opinions on when The Simpsons got bad. And I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that, like, I'm not I, sure that matters. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I have no idea how how bad it's been 
before this, but uh, as a part of the research for this episode, I did watch the first episode of the, of the 30th season, Bart's Not Dead, which in a more, uh, I guess, fan-aware kind of f- fandom, weirdly enough, um, could maybe be a play on the, the old meme, Dead Bart, about the, the secret creepypasta lost episode of The Simpsons, <laughs> where Bart actually dies. Oh my gosh. Would you say that, that it possibly uh, parallels the uh, Paul is dead theory from uh, from the Beatles, Beatles time? Because there's, uh, there's a theory that Paul died. Um, my response to the theory was, if he did die, man, they got a hell of a replacement. <laughs> Still keeping it up to this day. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, <clears throat> Well, the whole the whole dead Bart thing is just like this episode. People have stitched together, and you know the whole creepy pasta part of it is it was so disturbing that even Matt Groening couldn't stand to watch it. I I remember reading about that, and it creeped the it creeped me out so much. And there's this lost videotape, and it's all grainy, and there's only one copy in the world. That's definitely creepy pasta so right so there. On. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the episode the episode Bart's not dead. I mean. I I will time to put on my old man cap and find a cloud to yell at. Uh, if you'll give me a second here, <laughs> but like I understand, you know, a lot of tel- a lot of television, television these days, like stuff that is primarily written and produced to be on a television network rather than like a Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or whatever, um, is competing with a lot of other stuff. So it's got to be qu- it's got to be fast, quick, 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 quick. But, like, watching that episode, very overall impression, it just felt like there wasn't any substance because there was, like, ten seconds, maybe, on a on a scene. Just jumping, jumping, jumping. But, like, visual gags have always been huge on The Simpsons. And the premise of the episode, Bart's Not Dead, is that Bart uh, takes up a dare to jump off the dam uh, winds up in a co- well, I guess sort of in a coma, a very very quickly resolving one, um, and comes back to life and says when he has to explain to Marge, you know what what he did, or you know promise that he'll never do anything bad again, that sort of thing. Basically says, well, uh, I went to heaven and saw Jesus and he said everything's gonna be, gonna be fine, so don't worry about it. And so. Um, and this was another issue. This is just an issue I've got with with sort of like season fifteen on almost. I, I don't know. I don't know where I'd put it, but uh, it's basically a parody of that movie that came out like five years ago now about the kid coming back. It was based on a book, based on true events. Kid coming back from the dead, talking about Jesus and heaven and stuff. Anyway, yeah. In the in the episode, <clears throat> um, Christian movie producers come by. And say, hey, we want to make a movie about your story, Bart. And in the scenes where they're doing that, they've got, you know, various uh, DVD cases of their movies out on the table. The references are th- are things like, uh, there's something about Mary Magdalene. Or nice. Deacon. Or The God Complex. Or Crazy Rich Aslans, which is maybe the <laughs> best one, I will admit. That's a pretty good one. I like that. Or where's God when I feel tingly? And I mean, like, 
that's the best one. Okay, maybe maybe I just have a maybe I have high expectations, but like I thought that those were you know except for Crazy Rich Aslan's kind of lazy. Like there's just nothing really deep going in there. I feel like clouds look out. I feel like the old Simpsons would have really reached deep into some sort of obscure Old Testament thing, and then it would you know send you down a rabbit hole looking you know trying to figure out this reference and you're laughing because you know it's a joke you get that it's funny because it's weird and maybe a little little out of what outside of what you would expect but like it's not immediately apparent what it's referring to but you know it's a reference i don't know there's the combination of being a kid not knowing a lot of the culture and uh the simpsons writers having like what 50 30, well, 30 40 years of of movie and tv culture to pull on do we know too much now that could be part of it like i remember like the simpsons introduced me to so many things i remember being really disappointed when i found out that yah was a real thing because <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was hilarious that they were talking about the yah control i thought it was just a made-up word um, yeah, this, you know, the third axis. Um, and you know, it's like it's not subversive anymore. It's it's you know not the funniest show on TV anymore. Um, and oh. it's not. I mean, TV is what TV is now, right? Mm-hmm. It's one little. It, the Simpsons is one little blip in like the vast ocean of of television as we have it now. Whereas I yeah. feel I feel like both in the nineties and especially as a kid, because you know, you're soaking up all the information that you can get. There's just what was on TV. Half the time yeah. that was The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. And the Simpsons were making a ton of a ton of like, you know, media references all the time. But if I find it weird that it feels like The Simpsons could have been one of those things that was like a, a talent mill. Kind of kind of the way that uh, like okay, Saturday Night yeah. Live is hmm. like, yeah, yeah. like Saturday, you get like waves of of the next comedians coming through Saturday Night Live first. Yeah, but I don't think The Simpsons was ever that. Like, I don't think they ever kind of like I mean, let's just bring in an entire new crop of writers. Like, I think they always had like a couple of anchor writers that would that had, in, that that were longer serving. Yeah, yeah. I know in the early seasons it was it was a pretty steady crew, but like um. I don't know if it was just Simpsons policy itself or like the wider whatever segment of Hollywood they would fall into um, writers guild. I don't know if the, if it was their policy or not, but like, I think the requirement was that each season there had had to be two episodes that were freelance written just so that people would have a chance to either break into television or break into the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. But I do remember hearing that a lot of the early seasons were pretty much the same people. Conan came out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Conan was an early. I mean, like, like let's let's start from from the basics. Let's let's ignore the base rate fallacy, and that is, eighty percent of everything is crap. That right. is Sturgeon's law. So, like, maybe what you saw was part of that eighty percent. Maybe it's not. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, the media landscape has changed. Whereas we yeah. loved early '90s Simpsons references to other works of media 
that was cool when they were the only people doing that. And it was still pretty <laughs> cool when Family Guy was doing that. But we've reached an era of media where literally every single media franchise or like many media franchises are doing that. I've been watching New Girl marathoning it. And mm-hmm. in one episode, they meet Prince, not or like they actually meet Prince. And he's a character caricature of himself. But do you know where they got that from? They got that from The Simpsons. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yep. there's so many different things doing that. But what I was going to get to was, I think that the reason that, like, maybe the show is worse. I'm not going to say that it is or, or it isn't. I think one of the reasons that you watch that episode and you're like, oh, I didn't find these jokes as hilarious as when I was a kid. And, you know, as a kid, it would have been funny listening to Bart do the whole, hey, it's uh, Seymour Butts looking for a Seymour Butts. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, anyway, but setting all that aside, the thing is that the show now is still trapped in the way that it was then. The Simpsons jokes have always been, like, some of them have been really clever, but some of them are really ham-handed. Some of them are really... (laughs) super straightforward like there was one point where they're trying to emphasize that this group is evil and they give you subtle hints and then they just hit you over the head with a hammer (laughs) that's like evil co we like murder babies like yeah that's that is like the level of simpsons jokes at some points in their history and they kind of have to go go back to that because that's what the simpsons is if it wanted to be something different it's too late like it's it's always going to tell jokes that are like that that are kind of like kind of family oriented but not always maybe a little bit risque but not really like the show hasn't yeah. changed that much and it's not going to change that much it has its its kind of form factor for what it is and how it makes jokes and how it comments on things and mm-hmm. it's going to do that with the media landscape as it is the Simpsons doesn't do anything better than any other show other than be the Simpsons, which is still not terrible for its ratings. Like it's doing a, it's doing okay. Just being the Simpsons. Yeah. But I would also throw in that like in true Simpsons fashion, totally fitting that, that form factor. Um, since, since Bart's not dead was largely a Bart learns a lesson sort of episode. At the end, Lisa is delivering that that lesson, and Bart's like, "I did I did this terrible thing, lying to all these people about you know seeing heaven and whatever." And like, Lisa basically says, "Don't worry about it. God's going to forgive you." And coming from Lisa, that's just so bizarre. God's going to forgive you. I mean, that's the, that's the boil down paraphrasing. version, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, <laughs> in The Simpsons, I remember. <laughs> Lisa probably would have said, like, don't worry about it, Bart. God's just a, con- a construct that makes people feel better. What's really important is that you, like, keep hope in your heart. Or even that. Even that may be a little too hokey. Okay. But- okay. But, like, at the same time, this is this is a media show that they make, like, so many episodes every season. And, like, let's say they they did that. They can't do that every... They can't deliver the exact same kind of thing every time. It's like, if you t- if they did that, Lisa's already done that. Well, sure, but I mean, Bart's already learned that it's not good to tell lies a bunch of times, too, so... Well, and then maybe the show should be over, but, like... (laughs) 
I don't know. Sorry, you were going somewhere. Character, the characters, they're watching seasons, say, like, 1 to 8, 1 to 9, 1, 1 to 11, 13, 14, whatever, and then watching some of the newer ones, at least one new one, the characters just seem to have become a little bit inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, Rather than growing and changing, they've just kind of either become characters of what they were or don't quite fit what they were. You die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become <laughs> a villain. Right? Oh. The, the Simpsons has an open spot in the pantheon of legendary media. But there's only one thing that every other TV show before it has not done, and that is end. Yep. Um, and that conversation might not happen until the voice actors are no longer able to do the voices. Yeah. And, and even then. That might not even. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, is Harry Shearer still doing any of the voices? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's doing yeah. all the ones he normally did. Really? Yeah. Sanders sounded so different. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I, why, why I was saying that with such confidence because I don't actually know. I just think that. Uh, <laughs> I think that. I think that's the case. Classic counterexample, Homer, right? Uh, let's let like let's all go out for some frosty milkshakes. Oh, the way his, yeah, yeah. his voice, yeah, uh, Dan Castellaneta settled into it a little. Yeah, uh, what I was going to mention as well is that it's true. I, I'm going to harp on how the show is is stuck in the '90s, and yeah, that's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. But like the show you're watching today is a different show than when it started. There was a really good article from this uh, Kinja post talking about the six different shows that the simpsons has been at f- at first mm. in the in 1980 and 1990 which i think is like the first two seasons you've got a lacerating punk satire so it's poking fun at things it's poking fun at like america and the nuclear family and things like that then you get a traditional humanist sitcom in the 1990s to 1993 that's where you get the episodes with like lisa's substitute teacher you get really mm-hmm. the heartfelt episodes that you probably remember quite fondly mm-hmm. somewhere between 1993 and 1997 you get the absurdist thrill ride that's where you start to see a lot more of the zany antics and the part where it starts to decline is probably the fourth iteration the fourth uh, regeneration of uh, the simpsons <laughs> <laughs> where the simpsons starts to become a self parody of itself i think is that's where you see frank Grimes, mm-hmm. yes, I want to say season and pointing eight. out all the yeah, pointing out all the ridiculousness of the Simpsons lifestyle and how the show starts to like eat itself a little bit and yeah, and some the, that, that episode in particular darkness. Oh, dark! Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The fifth iteration, you get this. Just you know, it's two thousand one to twenty eleven. All sorts of stuff is happening in the world. And, you know, The Simpsons has to change a little bit, but it can't change that much. It could, but it didn't. And so you've got this just all sorts of pop culture-y stuff. You're just making references and, and doing whatever you can to stay relevant. And then you have what you have today, which is the kind of triumph of the nerds era of The Simpsons, where it's just like, yeah, we'll make, we'll leave whole sections of the show open to do bits dedicated to esoteric fan stuff that you don't know or we'll do a whole game of thrones parody or we'll do a opener which is all references to miyazaki films or banksy or whatever yeah that that is the simpsons that we're in today oh have you guys seen the which is the don hertzfeld opening 
That's probably the I last have. thing of The Simpsons that I watched. I have not. It is uh, It is a trip. So that's all I will say. Also, looking stuff up to find out like which season. I, do, I have no idea. Between that like 1 and 10, I have no <laughs> idea where things fall. Oh, absolutely. I can tell you, like, maybe some of the first couple seasons stuff. Like, uh, The Stealing Cable is probably, like, the second or third season. I know that the episode, the Christmas episode where... Ah, shoot. Anyway, the first episode is a Christmas episode. Yes. It's where they get Santa's little helper. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And I remember episodes where, like, Lisa thinks her family oh that's the cable episode never mind (laughs) like those are those are probably somewhere between season one and three but like beyond that i couldn't tell you probably the episode with where springfield band sugar is somewhere in like the later season six or seven yeah oh i guess that one is like 12 or something I i think the simpsons is where it is it's how it is whether or not you like the writing or not because it's a different show than it was then and the show if you don't like the show today that's fine. The show as it was still exists, and it's fighting in this dog-eat-dog world of media <laughs> fandom to just stay alive and also to pay its voice actors a boatload of money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, it moved us. It moved them to a bigger house. Oh. Yeah. Just quickly, like, the fact that so few voice actors voice so many characters on The Simpsons yeah. is nuts. Yes. Uh, um, it also makes yeah. them increasingly valuable as more and more seasons tick by. Oh yeah. Also if you want a if you want a different show then like watch Futurama, watch Disenchantment or whatever. Mm. Be sad yeah. about that. Yeah. <laughs> um or be sad that Futurama's over. Or be sad yeah. that it got worse. I think we got I think we got plenty of Futurama. We got eight yeah. seasons. Um but I want to talk about shit posting. I, oh like we had to get there right oh yeah we did because <laughs> my famous last words were is shitposting uh are the people who shitpost largely uh drawing from or just fans of that golden 90s period and the answer seems to be largely yes um i have a paper here by sean McEwen. i have someone's academic paper about shitposting <laughs> um, we'll put a link to this in the show notes. This is interesting, very interesting to read. Um, but like the 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 argument that he kind of outlines is that that um, you know the the people who are fans of just those years and stopped do have an end on on their Simpsons influence and fandom, and they've kind of done all of like referenced li- literally every single thing from that era by now. So. A lot of shitposts and, and Simpsons shitposting got, got the, the ball rolling by usually combining two or more references in one like image or something like that. So it's like a double reference. So it's like a signal of like cred. I, ha- I have a little bit here about shitposting because I did not realize. I'm going to give you an abbreviated history of shitposting. <laughs> All right. Uh, so f- there was an article uh, from the next web talking about Simpsons shitposting, but it had an interesting bit about it in general the term shitposting originally described a subversive activity whereby users of online forums posted irrelevant shocking or offensive content on comment threads in an effort to derail conversations 
In the decades since its first known usage in the Something Awful forums, the term has come to refer more generally to the activity of posting content that's intentionally devoid of value. As the name suggests, it's typically intended to be of poor quality, low-level humor, and little relevance to the forum where it's posted. Yet Simpsons shitposting, where fans combine or alter well-known jokes from series to create new memes, is gradually redefining some aspects of the activity. In its early incarnations, it was like you said, they took one or two pieces and and did that. Uh, that's me paraphrasing. In response, shitposting Simpsons fans have upped their efforts. Today's shitpost typically combines two or more gags, appealing to the series' more elite fans. Read those most familiar with the text. Mm. Because the Simpsons' worldwide popularity and considerable longevity, the younger audiences are as engaged with the jokes as older fans who enjoyed them when they first aired. I didn't know that it was to so. derail conversations it's now just a thing in and of itself <laughs> it's 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 its own intention i guess um and what i don't know it? that's where a lot of the classic classic series people live like combined yeah. like creating mutant new mutant jokes <laughs> out of combining several other ones it's like the evolution of of not referring to the podcast here it's like the evolution of talking simpsons yes you know like, like, like the, just the secret language of nods and references from the mm. show and i but i like i think it it makes sense because like you start in the 90s you have the show that's immensely popular it's one of very few television networks fox was considered yeah. an experiment at the time like the fox television channel and so you have a large group of people that grow up with that it's like the beatles in that sense and then you know it continues on in time but there's more and more different options for people to watch but those cultural references still stick around and so regardless of whether or not like you're less and less likely to see later seasons and more and more people are familiar with the earlier work and so it it continues to be able to propagate and also for those original shit posts to be known and understood like that. It all makes sense that it's so successful on why it's so concentrated on the earlier seasons and specifically steamed hams. There was an article I read about that, about how it was effectively lightning in a bottle because it was actually going to be cut. (laughs) They're like, I didn't think anybody would think this was funny. And we did a table read and we didn't think it was that funny either. (laughs) <laughs> but we put it in anyway <laughs> somewhat i think it was the same one they described that it was like just kind of perfect for for like parodying or like taking through different kinds of styles or modifications because mm-hmm. of the interplay and like the length of it and huh. what the jokes are like <laughs> greatest thing to me the greatest thing about that is that uh, bill oakley the guy the writer who uh who penned steamed hams loves the steamed hams memes <laughs> the various versions and everything like i i remember it being in the episode but it was it was never a thing where i was like oh that's the best part of that episode the, the, even when i think back and like talking about nostalgia goggles the thing that i remember about that is aurora borealis at this time of year <laughs> localized entirely within your kitchen yes can i see it no like that is the part that sticks out to me because it's that is that's the, the joke that's the yeah. incredible incredulous part yeah 
Oh, it's also like visually amazing too, or at least visually interesting. Cause this is oh really yeah, he just leaves after that. He doesn't go <laughs> <'cause> further. <laughs> yeah. See him the kitchen's on fire. No, mother, it's just the aurora borealis. <laughs> uh, does everybody have a favorite steamed hams? I haven't seen enough of them. <laughs> Z is yours. The, the, the one twin, word. The Twin Peaks ones are pretty good, both <laughs> classic and and uh, updated. <laughs> The one where it's Twin Peaks and the one where it's Twin Peaks The Return. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite is definitely the one where they get Jeff Goldblum to read the part of Skinner. Oh. <laughs> um, he's, a, he, he's apparently not familiar with it at all, but he's just kind of yeah. reading it off of a script. <laughs> you know, other classic versions are one where it's auto-tuned to Smash Mouth, one where it's a mm-hmm. Guitar Hero track. One where every time Skinner's lies, he descends 7% more into hell. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's a weird, like, it's actually like, like creativity, like exploded. Yeah. Just the weird ways in which people are thinking to, to alter steamed hams. I mean, auditoring it to Smash Mouth is not like the most creative thing I've ever heard, but like. The, he descends seven percent into hell. Like it's it's funny and it's also like way out of the box. So it's like yeah, it's <laughs> shit. Posting is its own weird art, and Simpsons is is maybe the grandest palette. <laughs> like even I'm gonna keep bringing this back to the '90s, and it's gonna be the hell that I doubt. But like yeah. a lot of the stuff. The self-referenced in there is also the nine like stuff that's parodies. It's not just episodes from that period, but like when you talk about the Smash Mouth, man, yeah, mixing yes. that up with it, also nineties. There's apparently there was a really recent one, um, or at least fairly recent. Somehow it's steamed hams crossed with lime wire. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There have been some lime wire memes about uh, how. It's like my computer, like filled with viruses, and it's like LimeWire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somehow there's a Steam Tams involving LimeWire. I haven't seen it, but it's supposed to be great. <laughs> LimeWire always worked just fine for me. I'd like to point that. <laughs> yeah, but it has the history of, uh, yeah. you know, having that kind of effect on computers. I mean, I had to go through Napster <laughs> and Morpheus and Kazaa before LimeWire, but. And I mean, speaking of of file sharing or streaming or whatever, that was the most, that was the top search term for The Simpsons. Streaming? Streaming Simpsons. So, like, people still want to watch The Simpsons. In a world of many choices of media, your choice may still be The Simpsons. I feel like there would be quite a few people who would pay as much as Netflix is just to have access to all of The Simpsons. Planet Simpsons, I believe? Uh, Probably. I think that's a mobile app. Okay. Nope, that's not it. Hmm. I'll just look up Simpsons mobile app. <laughs> Might have a few to sift through. Tapped out. Oh, there's too many games. <laughs> Man. What I find really interesting about the shit posting is that it's like this weird combination of curative fandom and transformative fandom. Yeah, I'm not sure we've ever come across before, because, like, even at the, even in in the earliest forms of it, people were pulling these gags, these jokes from 
even at even at that point obscure or obscure-ish episodes or even just like obscure frames of animation or whatever um so like there'd be that element of oh hey yeah i totally recognize that i know what that's from but then there's also there's also be this element of remixing it so it's just really bizarre how that works <laughs> so it becomes a new thing yeah it's like it's like curation through transformation it's it's like i don't know media or tv show hip-hop it's like that yeah. kind of idea yeah you're sampling a piece of the old thing and putting something new on top mm-hmm. of it yeah it's a really good way to put it i find it interesting that in that sea of curative transformative stuff people would still probably take a crap all over anyone doing the transform like you know, when you're making a meme, you're like, oh, it's a meme. Whatever, it's it's a meme. But if you're making fanfic, it's like, nerd. Yeah, really. <laughs> it's, it's interesting how we have different standards of what is and isn't acceptable fanish and non-fanish behavior. And how that line is so obviously blurred. <laughs> yes. All right. I have a couple honorable mentions. Ooh. Not that they were bad, just that I don't think they're they're worth shining too much of a light on. We're, we'll, we'll take a lamp and shine them on it. Um, there are two subreddits I want to point out because they are perfectly in line with this episode. If you want to see more examples of the ridiculous shit posts that exists, you can go to r uh, reddit.com slash r slash simpson shit post simpsons shit posting and you'll see what we're talking about all the references bunch that i forgot about completely and you know that that's cool that's fine there's also another subreddit uh reddit.com slash r slash slash simpsons did it which is just references to all of the things that the simpsons predicted as though that were intentional that's right yeah yeah, or things where you're like, oh, this is funny. Yeah, well, The Simpsons did it first. Yeah. Uh, but those are not what I'm going to shine the spotlight on. I have two spotlights. Oh, One wow. is the Frankiac. Oh, yeah. Which you can find at frankiac.com, F-R-I-N-K-I-A-C.com. Frankiac is a search engine for Simpsons quotes. It contains nearly 3 million screenshots indexed by the quote they are associated with and has a variety of features to help you find the exact screenshot you're looking for. Once you've found it, you can share it with your friends or make a quick meme. Never again find yourself wishing you could pinpoint the second his heart rips in half. You'll... (laughs) Oh god, I can't keep going. (laughs) You'll feel like God must feel when he's holding a gun. It never ends. Never this ends. was a yeah. If you didn't recognize those quotes, maybe you're not a true fan of The Simpsons. Ooh. No, I'm not. I'm not pulling that. I'm not pulling that. <laughs> no. And the other one, which I had forgot about until literally the middle of this episode, is DarkSimpsons.com, which, if you've never seen it before, it takes a series of screenshots with no text, which are all from actual episodes of The Simpsons, and arranges them in a way to tell a different story, a darker story. And to explain a little bit more, the website says, Our goal here is to make the most ridiculous, dark, outrageous, and offensive 
comics, memes, GIFs that we can out of screenshots from The Simpsons. We mix and match screenshots from many episodes, trying our best to maintain a solid storyline that does not require any dialogue to understand. And so I will quickly, this is non-visual for you listening, so it's going to be hard. But uh, like there's one Bart, the evil genius. So you see Bart watching uh, Krabappel and Skinner. You see one with Fat Tony, him working at the bar. Fat Tony taking a shot at Seymour. Looks that way at least. And then uh, him being shot. Bart's obviously very upset. And then he goes to comfort Krabappel. And then the last screenshot is him dancing with her. Whoa, that's cool. Anyway, so they've remixed all of these different screenshots. No dialogue, no editing the pictures to tell a different story. Man. And they are, some of them are real good and some of them are unintentionally hilarious. (laughs) Or maybe they're intentionally hilarious. Remix culture alive and well within the Simpsons fandom, it seems. Yeah. Well, dang, man. And if you need uh, a soundtrack to watch that or to read or not even read look at that dark simpsons comic (laughs) there's no better than uh, other episodes of phanthropological which you can find at phanthropological.com or wherever good podcasts are heard in the podcaster of your choice Uh, please do subscribe when you're in there that way you get a brand new episode every single friday uh, about a different fandom um, we are the Knicks cast and can be found at the Knicks cast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere else on the internet that people like to be found. I mean, we have a website too, but people don't do websites these days, but it is the com if you're interested in uh. checking it out. It's a really cool website. It's fun to navigate. Um, <laughs> but in addition to Phanthropological, uh, the Knicks cast also provides you with Doctor Who coverage in this, this admittedly short 10 episode Doctor Who season of series 11 if you head on over to whointerview.com you will find a list of our episodes reviewing all of the episodes in series 11 of doctor who with our rotating cast of six hosts <laughs> um if there's any feedback you have for us or fandoms you'd like to hear us cover on the show please send them to nick at the or hit us up on twitter again at the next cast and uh over to you z all right First off, uh, as always, thanks very much for uh, listening, everybody out there. Uh, and if you are just listening to this episode, um, if you're trapped in a well uh, and you're trying to project it outwards or, I don't know, something like that, uh, <laughs> you know, why not break yourself out of that well? Get Call up Sting, your old friend, and get them to, get him to dig you out. Make sure they're digging up. Uh, it's very important and once you've emerged find yourself a computer go to twitch.tv slash the cast and watch us record these episodes live uh you can see us in i guess mostly real life uh you can hear us as well uh and you can time the 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 sounds to the mouth flaps uh, like we're animated or something up in here and if you go over to twitch.tv slash the next cast while we are recording these things live you can also participate in the chat you can ask us questions you can talk amongst yourselves you could also participate in the famous last words, last words. 
That's right. Whether they're craptacular or cromulent. Hmm. We're here for the famous last words. The famous last words of the Pedos Show, where we have something to say about next week's episode before we've done any of the research. Are we talking about something we know something about? Maybe, but probably not. <laughs> next week, we are going to be talking about the fans and fandom of a video game series, albeit a short one. We will be talking about the fans of the Earthbound series, otherwise known in Japan as Mother. I mean, Earthbound Zero slash Mother Zero. Earthbound slash Mother One and Mother Two. So, folks, what are your famous last words about fans and fandom of Earthbound? I'm curious. Um, if there's anyone drawn to Earth, I guess Earthbound in particular, um, because it is an RPG that de- that sort of depicts American culture or a Japanese idea of American culture versus most RPGs, which usually are more Japanese. Also, also okay. contemporary. Sorry. It not, not only is it American, it's uh, contemporary. I'm curious to know if, uh, since Shikasato Itoi has gone on record to say he is not going to make any more mother games ever again. If the fans have successfully created a mother four, even a mother five, if the fans are making I guess sort of continuations of the, of the series on their own since they're as far as I've heard so far will not be anything else after Mother 3 officially released I already know the answer to that <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> looking at you Delta Rune and Undertale Ooh. Ooh. but I mean that's my guess That's those are just like my opinion man <laughs> Oh boy, and that means I'm left to be the last person and I didn't actually think of anything ahead of time, which means it's time to stall as much as I can. (laughs) There's an unofficial official fan (laughs) translation patch and guidebook that you can buy from Fangamer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to... You know what? My famous last words are I want to know the story behind Starman.net. Oh. Is... If not the first, but one of the first fan sites related to Earthbound, and the people who ran that started Fangamer, which is now, as I understand it, what? a fairly successful video game related merchandise company. Not just like here by like a chocobo, but like <laughs> fan made stuff. And also, I've, I've helped us out big time with our uh, races against time in the past. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. So I want to know more about Starman.net. I think that might have been one of the first like major fan sites I ever I ever went to. Still exists. Crazy. Going strong. Still looks exactly the same way as it did. <laughs> Starman.net never change. It doesn't look bad, it just looks exactly the same. Um if you have an idea for a sign-off line you'd like me to use instead of the stupid one I currently do, please email it to gethaniscast.com. I will read out all submissions on the air and uh, we'll pick my favorite at a later date. But until next time, we'll talk to you next time. Goodbye, everybody. I thought we were having steamed clams. That's what I call hamburgers. You call hamburgers steamed hams. 
Yes. And you call them steamed hams, despite the fact they are obviously grilled. Seymour! 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 I also am very interested in knowing how you're going to edit this after the fact, because it's going to be like shit every other word. It's, it may but be it, in the form of a disclaimer rather than. Borealis. <laughs> Aurora Borealis. But once I got to line one, but yes. At this time of year. Yeah. Anyone, did, did anybody else think that when someone was uploading day, a thing from you that they were taking it from you? Because I sure did. In this part of the country, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I did not either. That'd be wild if it worked like that. <laughs> Only one person could have it at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it brings a new meaning to file sharing. Yeah. Almost the opposite, really. <laughs>